Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Progressive American. I'm Connor, back with another morning podcast about the week's news from a progressive perspective. It is Saturday, May 8th, 2021. Today, we are discussing Facebook's decision to reinstate its ban on Trump, Liz Cheney's likely fall from Republican leadership, charges against the officers involved in George Floyd's death, and rising clashes between Israeli police and Palestinians. With introductions out of the way, let's just jump into it. On Thursday, Facebook's Oversight Advisory Board announced that the decision by Facebook to ban the former president was justified. The decision means that Facebook is under no obligation to reinstate Trump anytime soon. However, Facebook is far from being in the clear. For one, the advisory board took multiple shots at Facebook's decision-making process and condemned the decision to institute a lifetime ban on the former president, saying that the platform has six months to specify its policy towards Trump and his account. In their statement, the board wrote, quote, The board declines Facebook's request and insists that Facebook apply and justify a defined penalty, unquote. While critics of former President Trump are pleased by the continued ban, criticism still hit the platform from the left and the right. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy has warned that the House will seek to push back against Facebook's restrictions on speech if the Republicans take the House in 2022. Senator Elizabeth Warren welcomed the ruling against the former president, but warned that the power big companies have over speech was a threat to the public interest, saying, quote, I don't think Facebook ought to have this kind of power. We need to break up these giant tech companies, and Facebook is one of them. They are crushing competition, and in cases like Facebook, they're acting like they're bigger than government, unquote. Others, however, see the issue as a distraction. Rashad Robinson, president of the civil rights group Color of Change, argued that the real issue is not in Facebook's policy. Instead of demanding Facebook fix itself, the federal government should enact regulations that hold Facebook accountable, he argues. On the other hand, others are concerned about the potential abuse that could come with government agencies regulating Facebook's terms of services. One member of the advisory board, Thorning Schmidt told NPR that she was worried that autocratic governments may abuse the government's influence over these platforms. This issue is incredibly complicated. On the one hand, the far right uses online platforms to spread their hateful and prejudiced commentary to encourage violence. Should a major platform be required to promote their content? I don't think so. Similarly, we should not be so inclined to trust the government to apply a neutral standard for enforcement on social media. If anything, we should try to enact a policy that will hopefully end big tech control over public speech, but at the same time maintains a platform's ability to regulate itself against violent content and fascist propaganda. Thus, I am more partial to Senator Warren's plan. Keep terms of service and break up the companies so we can prevent these technological companies from holding control over our public discourse. Speaking of canceling, we now turn to Liz Cheney, the representative for Wyoming. On Friday, the New York Daily News reported and the New York Times confirmed that pro-Trump Republicans are once again attempting to remove Cheney from her position as the House Republican Conference Chair. In early February, Cheney was able to fight off a vote of no confidence with overwhelming support from her caucus. But now, Republicans are poised to kick her out of her position in the party's leadership. This time, her allies have abandoned her, with their fellow leaders representing Wyoming refusing to come to her defense. Wyoming's own governor, Mark Gordon, who once stood up for her and saw her as the centerpiece of the Republican caucus, has now gone quiet, avoiding questions from reporters on the issue. And now, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy is calling for her to be removed from her position, grooming New York Representative Elise Stefanik to be her replacement due to her strong support for Trump and his conspiratorial election claims. The basis for this removal is tied to Cheney's refusal to pair the false statement that the election was stolen from Donald Trump and that Biden is not the legitimate president. 
Additionally, she has critiqued the president and those supporting him, including the House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy himself, noting how he had previously called out the former president for his involvement with the January 6th insurrection. However, McCarthy has seemingly changed his tune, according to Cheney. Because of her unwillingness to peddle this lie, she now faces a backlash from the Republican Party. Whereas Cheney once stood in a position of strength from pro-Trump authorities, that is no longer the case. She faces four pro-Trump Republicans planning to primary her, and her position as the conference chair is far from safe. Personally, I don't weep for Cheney. She has promoted the same nonsense that created this radical wing of Republicans who promote conspiracism. This is the same woman who demurred on Larry King about whether or not Obama was born in the United States. This is the same woman who refused to condemn the birtherist conspiracy theory that Trump himself promoted all the way back in 2010. She's the same woman who enthusiastically supported torture in violation of international law even after the previous administration had banned the practice. She also endorsed Trump in 2016, so it's not like she's annoyed with the idea of Trump as a leader. It's only that it's harder now. She constantly went on Fox News to argue that Obama was not trying to support American international interests, in fact insinuating that he was sympathetic to jihadists. In other words, she was doing what Trump did, but without the 2am tweeting. I'm not saying that I want Elise Stefanik to replace Liz Cheney, but that does not mean Cheney is a beneficial figure to the improvement of American society. She's just as guilty as the rest of the Republican establishment in letting Trump take power. Her warmongering, her toxic rhetoric, and her promotion of xenophobia against former President Obama are all things that would help Trumpism take root in the party that she claims she wants to save. On Friday, ABC News reported that federal prosecutors are charging all four of the officers involved in George Floyd's death with violations of his civil rights. All four of the now former officers face charges for neglecting to provide medical care to someone who was, quote, in clear need, that person being George Floyd. Chauvin himself faces charges for his direct role in the death of Floyd, for which he was previously convicted. Former officers Tao and Kwong are charged with their failure to intervene when Chauvin put his knee on Floyd's neck. All of this is sure to create an intense debate over George Floyd, but insofar as it relates to the use of the Justice Department for the enforcement of civil rights, I am in favor of this decision. Granted, this is a recent announcement, so my position may change if the nature of the charges or the arguments that are made by the prosecution cause some sort of problem in their application. But in the absence of that, I think these charges could be useful to sending a message that the government will not tolerate abuses of the citizenry. Cops are agents of the state, and when they abuse their power, they should be held accountable. And that is what the civil rights charges seek to do. In other news, riots and fighting broke out near the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem with at least 53 people injured. The fighting broke out after Palestinian worshippers attempted to access the mosque for the last week of Ramadan, but the mosque has been under restrictions by the Israeli government including required vaccination and restrictions on the amount of people attending. Israeli police reported to the International Business Times that some of the worshippers were armed and had thrown bricks and other material at the police. Additionally, Israeli officials have threatened to evict Palestinians from their homes, prompting hostility to the Israeli government's restrictions and limitations on Palestinian life. The U.S. government has called for de-escalation and warned that expelling people from their homes will only make things worse. And so far, that seems to be the case. Adding fuel to the fire, Israeli security forces killed two Palestinians and wounded a third after the trio had opened fire on a nearby base in the occupied West Bank. Violence has spurred across the region as a result, causing rising tensions. Now, I am not a foreign policy expert, 
most of my commentary is domestic in its nature, so take what I say with a grain of salt. But insofar as the United States' involvement, I think Americans have to remember that we have a responsibility to be restrained and poised in this situation. We are responsible for the conduct we carry out when dealing with these foreign nations. As a world power, it's our responsibility to conduct ourselves in the best way humanly possible. In this case, I think America should endeavor to promote a peaceful response to this. President Biden could, and probably should, emphasize the danger inherent in threatening to evict people from their homes, as that appears to be one of the precipitating incidents. In other words, America must tread carefully so it does not appear to be taking sides. But at the same time, we also have to be careful that we don't inadequately respond to some of the violence that occurred in this area. It's a very intense and sticky situation that can end with a lot of bloodshed if we don't handle this carefully. It's going to be a major test for this administration and for the international community world over. But I think if cooler heads prevail, everyone will benefit. That's all for today's show. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate your support. I will be back next week, and I look forward to providing more information to you in the future. Thank you very much, and have a nice weekend.